0: Com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Amazing Grace. A couple of days ago we shifted from our study in 2 Corinthians to... Looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Christ, in keeping with the time of year that we are all experiencing and and the subject that is upon the minds of many people, namely the incarnation of Christ, his coming into this world by means of a virgin's womb. And we find that in Matthew 1 and 2, there are five Old Testament prophecies that are stipulated as having been fulfilled. And we are looking at these, starting with the first in chapter 1, and then we'll look at the other four in chapter 2, Lord willing. But the one in chapter 1 is the well-known prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, which says, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call... Wait a minute, I need to back up here. (laughs) So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, the prophet, of course, being Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's the prophecy. Isaiah 7.14 but it's helpful to look at the surrounding verses in order to put it all into its context and to meditate more thoroughly upon this wonderful fulfillment of God's prophetic word. Thank you for joining me on this Thursday, December 22. Thank you for helping us with your financial support, which is absolutely necessary to the continuation of this broadcast and Thank you for considering a special year-end gift as we are coming close to the conclusion of December and another calendar year. If you would, would feel led of God, feel prompted and desiring to bring to, to help us with the broadcast, then please send your gift by check to Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201. Or, if you'll go to our website, Beacon Baptist Church, BeaconBaptist.com, you'll find a place where you can donate on, online. Well, back to this prophecy. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, this tells us the account of Christ's birth from the perspective of Joseph. We generally think in terms of Mary, and indeed Mary's virgin conception is the miraculous part of the birth of Christ, but Joseph's willingness to believe that Mary was expecting a child not by virtue of a relationship with a man, but rather by the operation, the mysterious and miraculous operation of the Holy Spirit of God, was in itself something of a Shall I call it a small miracle? I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it certainly speaks of the godliness of Joseph to receive this revelation from God unquestioningly, to believe it and to act upon it. That's what faith is, you know, is believing the revelation of God and then acting accordingly. And if we don't act according to the revelation that has been explained to us, then evidently we don't believe it. At least in biblical terms, we may accept it as true, but we don't seem to apply it to our own lives in any kind of significant way. But Joseph did. He aroused, was aroused from sleep, and took unto himself Mary, his betrothed wife, and did not know her in the marriage conjugal relationship until after she brought forth her firstborn son, because he believed what the angel told him, that Mary was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, which says, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Evidently, Joseph didn't have any questions about the meaning of that prophecy, I talked a little bit on the broadcast yesterday about the Hebrew word that is used in Isaiah chapter 7, which technically can mean a young woman. It doesn't have to mean a virgin, though it almost always does. If you'll study through the Old Testament the times when that word is used, you'll find that it almost always does mean a virgin. In fact, I I haven't done this recently, but I've done this some time ago, and i my recollection is that it's it's difficult to find a clear example where it is used of someone who is not a virgin, but technically the actual Hebrew word could meet either one, and some have made a big deal of that. Well, this doesn't predict a virgin birth, but there are two, well, at least two things that, that contradict that thinking. One, of course, is that in the New Testament, where we find... The fulfillment of the prophecy spelled out the Greek word that is used for virgin, since the New Testament is in Greek, not in Hebrew, like the Old Testament. The Greek word that is quoted to translate the Old Testament Hebrew passage is a word that means virgin and means nothing but virgin. It's a very clear, clearly defined word, and it has one clear meaning. Virgin means virgin. One who has not had a sexual relationship. And that's what is used to translate it. In verse 23, behold, the virgin, Greek Parthenos, shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So the New Testament translation of the Old Testament prophecy, the New Testament interpretation of the Old Testament prophecy, The New Testament explanation of the Old Testament prophecy make it clear that virgin was, in fact, exactly what was intended by Isaiah, even if that was not as strongly clear in the Old Testament record of what Isaiah said. There's no question about it when you join it to what the New Testament says. If you believe in the inspiration of Scripture, you can only draw one conclusion, Isaiah prophesied that a virgin, a literal, technical virgin, would conceive and bear a son. And that took place at the birth of Jesus. He was the virgin-born son of Mary. But there's this additional confirmation that we see in our text today, and that is that Joseph accepted that explanation without any qualms. He, though a Carpenter was, like all the Jews of his day, well-taught in the Old Testament Scriptures. He would have had some understanding of the Hebrew language, having learned that in the synagogues growing up. He obviously was a well-taught man, one who, who had been raised by religious parents in the usual way. And so he would have known the Old Testament Scripture and would have known what the Hebrews said and when the angel comes to him and says, The explanation for Mary's pregnancy is the prophecy of Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And this explains it, Joseph. You don't need to be troubled to take unto you Mary, your wife. You don't need to be concerned that she has been unfaithful to you during this betrothal period. You don't have to entertain for one more second the possibility That she has had a sexual relationship with someone else. No, she is a virgin. She's the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy when Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Joseph didn't bat an eye. Joseph didn't say, well, now, wait a minute. That that, uh, Hebrew word in the Old Testament might mean something else. No, he accepted it. This explains Mary's pregnancy. No question in his mind. No argument from him. This this explains Mary's pregnancy. And so he went forward with that explanation. It was indeed Isaiah's prophetic sign given to King Ahaz, which said that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. But you know, that's not all that it said. It also said that they shall call his name Emmanuel, this child that is born is going to be named Emmanuel, the very name which means God with us. Now again, there is perhaps a broader understanding of that word, and then a more narrow and pointed understanding of that term. Some could say, well, this just means that that God is present with us in in the way that he's present with his people everywhere. God is helping us. God is blessing us. God is present with us. God with us. But obviously, it has a much more powerful meaning than that. This child shall be called Emmanuel. God with us because he is God who has been born of a virgin. And all of these things come together so perfectly. Why else would there be a virgin birth? Something never happened before and will never happen again. What is the reason that this child shall be born of a virgin unless there's something else unusual about this child? Why a virgin conception? Why a virgin birth? Well, here's why. Because he is God, come in the flesh. This is the way that God comes into the world by a virgin birth, not by human father, tainted with Adam's fallen sin, fallen nature from his sin, but rather one who is conceived of the Holy Spirit, so that even in his human nature, he is the sinless one. In his divine nature, of course, he's a sinless one. He is God. And God is sinless. But in his human nature... He, unlike anyone else born into the human race since the fall of Adam, is also sinless in his conception and will continue on to be sinless in his performance, his life. He is the sinless one, the spotless lamb of God, who, as the sacrifice, will take away the sins of the world. That's the powerful meaning of this text, and oh how we rejoice in its truth. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.